Welcome back to the Normalized Breastfeeding Podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Simmons, and I'm excited to share with you our special guest feature for today. Before we get into it, I'd like for you to click that subscribe button below, share this video or podcast, and be sure to follow us on social media. All right, let's go. Welcome back. We're live with our guests, Felicia Floyd and Lydia Boyd, two of four creators and presenters of the Black Course Curriculum for Lactation Education. Ladies, I'm so happy to have you on with us today. Would you go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hi, everyone. My name is Lydia O. Boyd, and I'm a lactation specialist based here in Los Angeles. I provide um, educational information and technical support to expectant and breastfeeding families, families who are returning back to work on school, and families who are ending their breastfeeding relationship, uh, whether they are weaning or in the advance of a loss. Wonderful. What about you, Felicia? Hi. Hello, everyone. I'm Felicia Floyd. I am a um, lactation consultant based here out of Pensacola area, Florida. Um, I'm very excited to be on the podcast today and join you all. Great. So this is the official Normalized Breastfeeding Podcast, where we'll be discussing breastfeeding experiences, education, advocacy, and activism within the infant feeding community. Today, we're recording live with the creators of The Black Course from the Boob Hive in Los Angeles, California, and all the way in Pensacola, Florida. Today, uh, we're recording episode 24 the Black Course, uh, Black Lactation Curriculum and Education. And if you're interested in being a featured guest or a sponsor, please listen until the end for more information about how to get in touch. All right, so let's get into it, ladies. So who initiated the discussion to put this phenomenal course together? Um, actually, the, the conversation started on my personal Facebook page, this is Lydia. Um, I had received an inbox from a young lady who was looking to get uh, some clinical, uh, not clinical, but um, educational hours in. And she really wanted uh, to be able to support uh, a black owned entity. And I couldn't think of one. And so I posted it on my page and we had a rich conversation about it in that post and what ended up happening was Felicia and myself and Tanifer um, actually agreed to meet and um, we met and we put some things together and then um, life came and we didn't come back to it for a while and then Felicia popped up again and she said we really need to get this going and we've hit the ball running from there. And I think what is so interesting is that we all had it on our hearts to do a training um, um, education platform, um, but we all really thought that this was a journey we didn't want to take on alone. We wanted to really have a collective impact for our communities as well as perspectives. And um, we all felt very strongly that it should be a team-led initiative 
um, especially um, because we do know that as we go throughout this journey together, they will there will be possible or potential obstacles and barriers as being the first black foundational lactation course that is national. And um, so we wanted to make sure we had that sisterhood and that unity, as well as um, that perspective from all of our journeys as we put our heart into the curriculum. That's a that's a great story. That's a really great story. So when did you all make the decision to launch the course during Black History Month? About how long ago was that? Oh, yeah, that was I, I think that was when we decided to. Um, when we when we first came public about the course on Black Breastfeeding Week, we knew that we wanted to create a, a accessible way for folks to kind of get to know the course, get to know us and what we're about. So we knew the first step would be a webinar versus a physical um, training, which we'll have in the future as well. And then as we met, I think that was December, Lydia, when we met, or I think it was December. I'm not sure. We we literally meet up, talk at least once a week. <laughs> so they all kind of mushed together. And we decided then to do it um, during Black History Month because of the significance. Um, right. Yeah. So um, it was it was like, no, it was no question. It was it was not a um it was not any other options. We said Black History Month. <laughs> right. Right. So you guys just kind of pulled it together as quickly as possible to make sure that you had something to put out there just so that it would be a very significant opportunity for people to get involved. Yeah, so, I think we planned it. I think we planned it very well because we knew we knew on our hearts what we want to talk about. And we all do this professionally as well. So right. Um, the date, however, came upon in December and, and picking a date in the December area. But we knew that we wanted that first podcast. We intentionally made it to be a foundational level because we wanted it to be accessible to all. And it was, um, you know, for those who are listening, this webinar took place already. Uh, it actually took place yesterday on uh, February 19th. And um, I am still elated from the information that I received on that webinar. I think it's been one of the most comprehensive pieces of education. And I mean, obviously, I'm a Black woman, right? So I can totally relate and vibe with the information that was provided. But I think even for the people who were not people of color who were on, uh, who attended, they were also commenting and saying how incredibly amazing the webinar was and how phenomenal you know it was to see you guys united and to see you guys you know really spearheading uh this information because for so long we've done nothing but talk about how things are and how they need to change you guys are really spearheading now taking that step into what is the future going to look like and how are we going to make the change and i think being the change is the most important role to step into for all of us because that's the only way we're going to see that change in the future. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think one of the things that we really were focused on um, was being able to provide the answer to a need that we've all seen, we've all experienced. And, um, you know, we finally realized that 
we could be that that for what we needed and um, mm. the more we, we talked the more we saw um and who better to be able to support black breastfeeding than black women who breastfed right and who were also now professionally trained in breastfeeding right like absolutely uh, absolutely that's a, such a beautiful thing. So how many attendees did you guys have for the first uh, round of the course yesterday? It was a total of 25. That's amazing. Wow, that is amazing. Because yeah. I know, I mean, on my end, I couldn't see like everyone commenting because I know you, some of the comments that were being read, I didn't, I didn't see the comments on my chat box. But I mean, I was, I was sure that there was more than a few people there. But that's amazing to hear that it was 25 people that attended. Uh, do you know how many of these attendees were possibly Black or not people of color? Um, I want to say... Um, and this could, and I could be wrong. It could be, the numbers could be a little skewed. I would have to go in okay. and look at our data, but, um, we, it looks like maybe we had like 25% that were other, um, and then the rest okay. were black, but don't hold me to that. I need to go look at the, at the, our, our registration. Um, right. And mm-hmm. of course, but, um, it looks like. but we did, we had, um, we had attendees from Germany, Hawaii, um, and of course, all across the United States. Yes, because I wanted to add that as well as we all know that all of the certificate programs in lactation are ran by white women, <laughs> except for one foundational breastfeeding training that's ran by a Native um, American. And that's it. That's all that's wow. out there through formal training. Wow. On a national level. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I think the need was there. <laughs> yes, most definitely. And I'm glad that you guys stood up to the plate, you know, because it's like there's so many of us who are willing to advocate, but not everyone's willing to activate. And that's something mm-hmm. that in my own journey I've been seeing, you know, it's like people will share something quick on Facebook, but when you ask them to get involved, they don't do anything. Sitting there waiting for like you know these small numbers to come in and decide that they want to help. So I thought I thought it was very important and crucial that you guys stepped up to the plate and said, you know what, if nobody else is going to do it, we're going to do it. You know, so needed. And I also think a lot of times I know everyone kind of has um, some level of like imposter syndrome. So I think with a lot of times, especially with the structural oppression that's put on us as black women, sometimes we second-guess our abilities to step up to the plate. Right. And um, I think this was also, at least for me, um, a vulnerability, right, to, to mm-hmm. step into this area of work of not only, you know, I, I already teach child, maternal child health, but to create curriculum with my sisters that is going to be impactful to our community as well as a space of learning for allyship and it's a real vulnerable place I I know it was it made me very anxious and nervous because (laughs) when you put yourself out there and your heart on your sleeve you subject yourself to the cruel world right 
So, um, I, and and when I speak with others and uh, and leaders, just any leadership role in general that are black women, it society has indoctrinated this doubt in us, and many times why we when we raise up when we rise up to the plate to address it, we over excel. We do know that black women is the number one educated <laughs> demographic here in the nation because it, our drive comes from answering gaps in our community. Our drive comes from um, not only healing our community and being the ones that that usually take the initiative to um, get things done, you know, get things done without asking questions, but it's just a different type of willpower that comes with it. You know, it, it's like, I'll do it. You know, I think it, there was a, a hilarious meme coming around that, that that you know every black woman forget it I'll do it myself but like and that's so true that's so true like that is literally the story behind normalized breastfeeding like, <laughs> that's literally the story like I, I I saw the hashtag I clicked on it the first post I saw was a pornographic post y'all it was on Facebook oh no oh wow gotta be joking like you've gotta be joking and the post that i saw the hashtag on was a woman who really was experiencing discrimination so then wow. i was like who's doing something about this so i went looking and like searching for a website and there was nothing and i was like you gotta be joking mm. you know so i was like all right let me just go on and <laughs> but at the same time i had no idea what i was doing yeah you yeah. know, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is crazy. But I'm like, I'm not going to sit back and let people take over a hashtag that is meant for good, you know, and meant for helping out, you know, women who, who are looking for support. So, yeah. And I think that drives home the point of like, you know, what we are after is really taking back our power, Most taking back our power that was monopolized in the field of maternal child health. And I understand because we want to, we, we can't many times representation we do know is so imperative and role modeling and every um, research that's done on role modeling is so influential and you can't be like you literally can't be what you don't see and and again this is why we wanted to insert, insert ourselves as you know we you can learn from us too as black women we right. know this knowledge as well as our counterparts that are white Right. And we're just as capable, if not more capable, of doing the same thing, as well as the representation for black breastfeeding and our traditional practice, re restoring them. Right. And like what we were talking about as well was like building your own table, you know, like yes. we've been looking for a seat at the table for so long. And I've even had other black women approach me and say, hey, when are you going to get your IBCLC? Because we need more black women at the table. And my response, even though it wasn't to this person directly, but I posted on Instagram was like, I'm going to build my own table. Like, not to say that I don't want to do it with the community. I did, but I just didn't know where to reach out. I didn't know who to, who to contact. I was just like, we don't need to be continuing to ask for a seat. We need to be building our own table. And it shouldn't be about us trying to, um, you know, ask for representation in a, uh, an industry that's been, Exactly. You know what I mean? That's just the. That's just what it is. That's just facts. You know. Yes. Yes. And and I and I want to you know, I want to speak to that because I think that 
not only with that representation and building our own seat at the table, how this table is built, where it's built. You know, I mean, there's so many factors that go into putting something together, right? And it is at the core built for us by us, right? And I think what I've seen, I don't know if Lydia, she can speak to this as well, in the field of lactation now that um, breastfeeding, black mortality, black infant um, mortality, maternal morbidity, now that we're a hot topic, right, and grant money associated to our black bodies, now organizations that are leading organizations in maternal child health want to go back and try to get those instructions to mm. add to their table to, mm. for our community. So literally trying to insert themselves to know what's best for our community when we know what's best for our community, and we don't want to be an afterthought, right. and we say no more. Absolutely. Can you speak to that, Lydia? Um, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, you know, there's the term disparity pimping, and we have been pimped for generations. And, you know, at this point, we're finally saying, in this arena, we're saying no more. Um, it's our time. Um, I remember listening to Kimberly Fields Hours saying, you know, we have raised our children. Um, we know how to nurture our children. And in this field, we can handle this. Let us do this. We don't need you to monitor us. We don't need you to police us. And you can't do a better job than we can. Um, and it, again, who else to take care of the black community but, but black women? Um, right. And I agree, you know, some of us do need to be at that table, but several of us need to be making our own table. And Most with that, understanding that the you know, black community is not a monolith, and we have such a varying and unique needs that we need the variety of what each of us bring and to have our own individual table. Um, and that needs to be honored and it needs to be respected and it needs to be acknowledged. And it's not taking away from anybody. It's not divisive. It's actually being authentic and it's being uh, comprehensive and it's being very thorough. Right to address right. um, an expanded uh, need that, you know, those people who, who are just out grabbing for funding money will never understand. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And, and you know, it's funny because I, I've been on the inside of these types of situations where as a photographer who's focused on diversity, for the last six years in breastfeeding, you know, I've been contacted by multiple organizations, whether it's, you know, oh, we want to buy pictures, you know, or, you know, we need new pictures for our website. And, you know, it's like, I had to develop a system that said, no, if you're not serving this community, you cannot buy my photographs. Like, it's going to happen because at the end of the day I know now that all you're trying to do is promote diversity rather than say I'm actually making a difference in this community and I had a problem with that you know um and my family suffers when I have to turn clients away you know what I mean but at the end of the day I know that it's not going to benefit the entire community 
So therefore it cannot benefit me. You know, um, I love how you guys included that, that uh, African proverb that says, I think it was Umbutu, mm-hmm. that is like, As I am because you are. Mm-hmm. And that's just so true. Like our unification is much deeper than us coming together in a physical form. Like it's already existed long before us. And so when we tap into that, it enables us to push our community so much further together because that's what we've been doing for hundreds of thousands of years. Like it's just, that's in us. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I I have a question. Oh, go ahead. ahead. No, I was just, I was just agreeing. I was like, that is, that is so true so many times. And I, and I, that's one of the things we talked about on the webinar. We're often asked for not only pictures, oh, with black, by black to this Instagram. Oh, goodness, people contact me all the time as well. So not only are, you know, they're trying to disparity pimp our community, they can really care less about the community at heart and the needs of the community. And as we do know, um, the, the quote, as the quote goes from Kimberly Sills, is that the answer is always within the community. We we don't need you to come in here and um, put it, hang it up, and use our community for your gain. So you can look equitable. It's not you know diversity does not equal right. equity. Most definitely, most definitely. So uh, where in the world did some of the attendees come from? I know you had mentioned when we were on the webinar that some people were joining from out of the United States, outside of the United States. Did there, were there like specific countries that you guys want to mention? We know for a fact there was somebody um, said they were from Germany. That's what they oh, said. Mm-hmm. We asked for locations where people were uh, joining us from. Yeah. Wonderful. It was, we had such a great representation throughout the U.S., as well we had representation from hawaii representation from alaska oh wow to philadelphia i think you know each each um east west north south right? right we had um a really good um i feel like platform to really spread the word in the communities that are being served that's amazing that's truly amazing it was definitely a success on on my end, just as an attendee. So I'm glad to hear that. It sounds like it was a really great success on your your end as well. Uh, what were the key objectives of the Black Course webinar? Do you want to put those out there for the listeners? For uh, this the course of um, the training that we did yesterday. Yes. Um. We wanted to be able to go over, um, it pretty much was in our name, to understand and heal from our trauma. And we needed to go, we needed to explain what that trauma was. So we mm-hmm. wanted to start with the beginning. So we wanted to go back to our, our original ancestors. And we gave a very high level overview of what um, breastfeeding looked like for our ancestors and, and where we came from. Um, and then we wanted to show where that trauma um, showed itself and where it started once we arrived here. And our goal with that was really to, to show that it wasn't just, oh, that slavery thing. Um, but we wanted to give you a very intimate and detailed look at that. And then to understand that when slavery ended, that wasn't the end 
of institutionalized structural racism uh, for Black people who descend from slavery, that it continued with government-sanctioned policies and structures um, that continually put their foot on our neck. And when you have this type of oppression, it doesn't mean for a healthy breastfeeding experience for anybody. Um, and then Felicia came in um, with um, talking about what, what now? Um, right. And she did an amazing job uh, of going over the various types of trauma that we see. Um, and she answered the question of what do we do now? How can we be supportive? And then for our allies, what is what does it truly mean to be an ally? Um, right. And you know, things were called out, <laughs> um, right. and, and she painted a very vivid picture and gave very explicit instructions on what needed to be done, what can be done, um, and left no room for um, the psychosis of lightning. It really didn't. Right. Um, and we use words like that. We use phrases like that um, in this in this training yesterday to make sure that we understood what happened to us and why we're here. Um, and we were very explicit to be able to say, "This is these are the things that we went through." While we may not hear this today, we have to understand that this built the foundation for why we have a hard time with some of our elders being able to support breastfeeding, why some of our myths are some of the way that they are, and mm -hmm. some of our hesitations around the whole conversation of breastfeeding within the Black mm -hmm. community is what it is. And then to also talk about what we deal with when we go out and even the attempt to breastfeed, even the thought to breastfeed in our birthing situations, in our experiences in hospitals, and our doctor's appointments and things like that. Amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, go ahead, go ahead, and, Felicia. Oh, no, I just wanted to, to emphasize what Lydia said. We thought it was really important um, to start with our origins and how traditionally our practice has been and what is instinctively in our blood. Because so many times I feel as though when we are in different um, circles We're talking about black breastfeeding and the hot topic or the, I, I feel like trauma porn that is real, that's really re-stimulating and triggering for many is black women dying, right? Black babies mm -hmm. dying, black women dying, no breastfeeding, no breastfeeding. And, and we had to say, wait a minute, black women do breastfeed and we have mm. been breastfeeding. We have to, we have to understand where we came from. If you don't know where mm. we came from, we are, we of course won't have no direction of where we are going. So taking it back to, to having that foundation of what our traditional practice, we know what, what tends to happen or what I feel like is a common theme that I'm noticing is that we so uh, casually mention black death in our communities right we have become desensitized to statistics and facts right when when we hear of black 
women dying in childbirth and black maternal health and black infant health. It is so casually mentioned that mm-hmm. I feel as though it could do more damage than good. I wanted to emphasize in that when I was speaking about trauma is why it's important to recognize how that may show up in various forms. And when we have these conversations, not that they're not important to have, but we really have to be sensitive in the content we share and the, and the things, because just like we see uh, our black bodies attacked and mm-hmm. murdered every day. And what that does is it just normalizes it. At all. And that is not the normal or traditional practices of our community. So one of the intentional things we did was to take it back, take it back to our traditional practices, to our community and how we've always centered our families and how we've always um, wore our babies and fed our babies and continued to you know, take care of the family and bringing it forth as to what happened. Because if you don't understand where you've been you you can't really see the light of where you're going right you're just kind of wandering right so so we wanted to bring some directional and and full circle to Mm. restore our traditional practices and understand that black women do breastfeed we've been breastfeeding um but what has happened was the colonization of breastfeeding so we say no longer we are actively decolonizing breastfeeding decolonizing lactation education and saying no, you you can no longer you we are taking back the power and saying no, you can no longer do this to our bodies and to our community. And we and we're not gonna keep taking just yes. sharing articles and statistics because yes. we're not statistics. That's somebody's sister, that's somebody's mother, that's somebody's friend, that's somebody's daughter. You there's a story behind that. So when we share those statistics so casually, it really takes away from the stories and and even with research, when we share this, these statistics, the research yes. is not conducive for our communities. We have been traditional storytellers to let our practices be known from generation to generation. So it, it, I, I just feel strongly that when we talk about trauma, we really have to encompass that in us too. So what I have personally been trying to do um, is to share not to not be purposeful not to share so much negative information about black maternal child health i mean it's enough of that it's important not saying this not saying it's not important it's very well number one but i think we just have to do a better job with not normalizing that because what that's going to do i feel like intent equals impact what that may do and have the potential to do is when we go into these hospitals, they are definitely going to stigmatize us and expect us to die. It becomes the norm, right? You know, (laughs) expect this of us. And so unless we create action behind that and really have anti-racism trainings and equity trainings and trainings like ours to really understand on a foundational level what's going on and bring that lens through policies and practices, then we can share information. But if we're not willing to do that, if we're not right. willing, like you said, and what we really speak is what we create. So if we're constantly we talking about all this negativity, we're only bringing that on to the future generations of black people, Amen. right? So we have to use our words to edify our people, to lift ourselves up, and to say no we did. We have been through these things, but that is not where we came from, and that's definitely not where we're going. You know. Uh, 
my 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 parents are from West Africa. They're from Ghana, from Accra. And my mom, yeah. she breastfed all of us. Um, so I just knew that I was going to breastfeed. Like that was just my thing. But man, it was difficult. Like my story is so deep. Like I can't even tell it in a full sitting usually. Like it's, it's a long story. And this is with each of my children. It wasn't until my last child who... I finally humbled myself and took my mom's advice and went and stayed with her after I gave birth and she took my, the older siblings. And I had five whole days y'all to sit in that Mm -hmm. bed and just heal and rest and feed my baby. And you imagine the kind of milk I was producing. Like my midwives came back in like five days and they were like, are you churning butter up in here? Like your baby's going like two ounces a day. Like, you know, just knowing that little bit of knowledge of, <laughs> wow, when the village helps you out and supports you and you can just sit back and relax for a few days and, and try to heal, mm-hmm. your body responds, you know, and, and that is our tradition, that is our culture. Yeah. Um, yep. I mentioned that is so I true. Yep. That is so true. That is so true. I remember with my mm-hmm. first daughter, it was the same way. My mom would not let me leave the house I think after three months she finally let my child leave the house <laughs> with me you know you and know what's really they interesting stay in the house for the most part and the first place I went was in church. every religion <laughs> um around the world there's the, their holy text has passages that talks about how a woman after she delivers is supposed to stay be put away right mm-hmm. so in Christianity in the Old Testament, so, you know, we share the Old Testament with um, with Jewish people, the Jewish religion, and, and Muslims, right? Because it spears off and it goes both ways. Um, so we are, we're all holding on to the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, it, we were supposed to be put away for six weeks and eight weeks. Now, people get upset because it's, I think it's six weeks for a boy, eight weeks for a girl. So it's supposed to be put away a little bit longer. Um, right. But the thing is, is you're put away, but in each of those cultures, you're mm-hmm. supposed to be put away with care. Like you're mm. not supposed to be put away alone. So right. most of the time in Christianity, what we do is we look at yep. the um, the tent. And I want to say mm-hmm. it's Rebecca's tent, but we never, oh. re- or Sarah's tent, we never realize that in that tent also is where we put the new mother. Mm-hmm. So the, the symbol of that tent, right, is where we put the new mother and that there was always traffic in and out for those that's caring for them. And part of the yesterday's webinar, when Jennifer was speaking, because she's the one that opened us up about where mm-hmm. we came from, she showed a picture of these beautiful women with their babies. They were wearing their babies and they were walking. And she gave the, the, she gave the vision of, so when you have your babies, they call for the women. They call for the women and they come with their babies and they come take care of you, right? So when we say there's all these disconnects, but when you look at it from the holy scriptures, not man's interpretation, but of the holy scriptures, what they say is then when anything major happens in your life, you're supposed to call for somebody. There's always right. a call. So if there's mourning and grief, you're supposed to mm-hmm. call for the weeping women. You're supposed to call yeah. for the elderly. There's always this call and they're supposed to come and take care of you. Yep. In the Jewish community, even when you get married, 
you're not supposed to be alone. You're supposed to be tucked away. That was Sarah's tent. And you were supposed to be tucked away in, in your new marriage, on your new marital bed. They're supposed to come and minister to you. Mm. And if we stop and we think about how it's done today, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, I push for the simple fact of, you know, this is what has been taken away from us. You know, mm. other people use words like colonization and things like that, but it was a snatching. It was a, it was a thievery from us. That was part of our culture. That was the thing that we had. So they picked and choose what we came over with. They took the baby catching, they took the breastfeeding, but everything else that we had, they took, they braided it and they demonized it. And even Christianity with how we see it today, it's been torn it's been torn apart. Because remember, slaves didn't get the full Bible. They got a slave Bible that picked and choose scriptures they had. So this deep, rich historical information they did not get. And so now I say all this to bring us to today. So when you look at the racial wealth gap and how our parents come into parenthood, if you are part of the lower social economic level, within three days, you got to show up somewhere with this baby, right? There's all this paperwork that you got to do. You got to have a birth certificate, right? You got to go in for a well baby check. But the funny thing is, is they don't require us to see the mom until six weeks later. But you got to go out in the streets and do all this business, right? Yes. Even with California WIC, whereas before we could enroll um, a baby over the phone, um, we can't do that anymore. So somebody has to come in. And so for those of us who are not connected, that mom has mm-hmm. to wrap herself up in her baby and come into WIC to get her whatever she needs, even if she's not breastfeeding. So for the mom who comes home with maybe a late-term creaming, and she, they're telling her she has to get formula. She has to wrap herself up and come to get her formula so she can mm-hmm. fortify her breast milk or whatever they're telling her to do. And we're still not making those connections. That there mm-hmm. needs to be something that happens where we're not doing this. Where, where is the village to come? Where is the call for these, for these families? And I'm mm-hmm. thankful that some, some areas are doing things. Like I know mm-hmm. here in California, we have, um, well, LA County, we have the AIM program, um, African-American um, maternal infant mortality, and they're trying to address black mortality in LA County. And um, so they have programs in various areas of LA County where they're coupling black doulas with black families. Mm. But that's just here in LA County. We need this across the nation. Yes. So what do we do? That means we have to partner within our, our own villages to get this, this village, this, this call out for our, for our families. But look at the system. Look at the, at the system that's put in place that you can't do this. They've come against it very methodical and very strategic. And it takes a minute when you sit back and you lay everything out on the, on the table, you can see the pieces of how they pick and choose what we have. And how those things have been removed. Yes, I totally mm-hmm. agree, 100%. I definitely, I've been there, you know, and then when you struggle with breastfeeding, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what mm-hmm. happens as well. So, right, you're sitting there, your milk hasn't come in, 
Like if you're lower income, which I was, then you're looking to try and get WIC, which means you need to get out and get appointments. And that whole struggle of having to do appointments in that first week is insane. Like your body is not ready to be up and walking around. And I had vaginal births. I never had a C-section. Mm-hmm. Even with the vaginal birth, I was not okay walking around being at appointments like you're sore you know what i'm saying and you have you have a wound the size of your placenta like Mm -hmm. i don't think that really hits people sometimes but it's like your whole placenta Mm -hmm. that's the size of your wound within you you need to take time to allow that piece of your body to come together Mm -hmm. you can't just be up and around you know um my mom yeah, yeah, that's true. Like the like yes, yes. Your pores still open. Your pores still open. You don't have a setback. Go cover your your pores still open. Yep. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's, that's exactly so what it means. So, can you guys you describe to me some of the feedback that you've received from others? Because obviously, I've been praising y'all all day long and so excited about this webinar. But tell me about some of the other feedback you've received. I um well we did not send out a a post survey and but um personally we have received um phenomenal feedback and that's really encouraging um you know for me personally I know that I tend not to look at feedback <laughs> I say what I have to say and leave um because sometimes um especially from white women specifically I have yet to hear a negative feedback from a black woman. Right. Um, you know, I don't I don't need all that energy. So I speak my truth and I leave the room. So um we did not create a post survey, but um we have we we're gonna have a conversation if one is needed or not. But on individual levels, those that attended the training have um contacted us individually or collectively to let us know that That's they amazing. really learned so Go ahead, Lydia. Go ahead. We did have a comment. We had one person that chimed in um, after we were finished. And it touched me because I really appreciated oh, yes. um, her her comment was that we didn't just regurgitate, you know, stuff that people had already heard, that it was fresh oh, yes. information yes. Um, and useful information. And that really just blessed my heart um, because that's what mm-hmm. I, I did not want us to do. And I knew we weren't going to do this. Um, mm-hmm. I just was, we were all, I remember us having mm-hmm. a conversation and we said we were just really nervous, um, but we were gonna do it anyway. And, um, but for it to be called fresh and useful, yes. that was amazing mm-hmm. to me. That was amazing, that was everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I mean, mm-hmm. it was really mind blowing mm-hmm. on a lot of levels just because mm-hmm. the it was so the proud. way that you guys intertwined the information and the stories and Um, even the images that were used, you know, um, even the fact that you guys touched on spirituality, because I've personally gone through like a lot of personal development in the lab. (laughs) My kids are homeschooling now because of that situation, but it's been amazing, but it's also been really difficult. And so I've had to lean a lot on my spirituality. And in that time frame, I've done a lot of research as far as breastfeeding in the Bible and like what it has to say about it. And 
it's just so interesting to have have heard you guys talk about it from that perspective. Um, but there was so much just rich quality information that it was like, mm-hmm. wow. And I felt like I was being built up at the same time. Like, yes, you're on the right track. Don't stop. Keep going. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how it kind of kind of made me feel. So it was definitely fresh. Definitely. Good. I, we are really excited because when we even you know from the beginning you know this is something that we wanted to trans to create a transformative way of not only learning but our traditional practices so even in the name you know intent equals impact you know black just it doesn't mean black as in the our representation for our culture but it yes. means birth lactation accommodation culture and kinship and with the course and with the webinar, we really wanted to build it and bring, you know, and bridge, and bridge our stories together. So that way it can be um, not something, you know, not, I don't want to say regurgitated, but, but not the same stories that we're hearing. Because I think sometimes, like, like we mentioned earlier, I think sometimes when we keep hearing mm-hmm. about how bad we are doing, <laughs> it gets it gets to be um, disheartening and we want it to build power in everyone. And as we want to build power in our communities, but we also wanted to know that breastfeeding is, is restorative justice, you know, so when we use the, the, with our, with our um, philosophy and with our being with the, Mm. with the hashtag that we use is the revolution will be lasting. We really mean that to the core of our being, because this is, healing not only for our ancestors but Amen. for our future generations when we <laughs> breastfeed totally. totally agree so when's the next net That's webinar you guys real. do you know do you guys have a plan as to when you guys want to do another one so many people are have been actually hitting me up and saying oh my gosh i can't believe i missed it i wanted to register um when do you think you guys will be doing another one <laughs> yes Well, um, I know that we are going to have a physical course. It's the next step out in California in the Oakland area. We're hoping that those that would like to host a course to please sign up for our email and reach out to us and um, let us know you want to host a course. We're setting our calendar for the rest of 2020 as 2021. Um, As far as webinars, we are having a discussion as to how to continue the series and what is going to be on our heart to speak. First, we have to restore ourselves and have self-care because it does it it, you know it took a lot not only physical energy but emotional energy to pour love into our stories um but the webinar will be available again sometime this year um and we will announce the opportunity to have that um through your email list um, correct opportunity to learn what's the website yep so yes so please sign up for our emails it's www.theblackcourse.com and Lydia, and Lydia and Tanifer's out in California. Lydia, um, and um, hopefully we'll be able to <laughs> most go definitely, west coast. most definitely. <laughs> so shout out your social media. It's the Black Course, right? Yes, you can find us all over social media at okay. the Black Course. Um, again, our website is theblackcourse.com. If you have questions and you want to email us, it's info at theblackcourse.com. 
Um, when you go to the website, there is a button, um, a hyperlink button for yes. the inquiry form. That's what you're going to fill out um, to add your name to our email list and Wonderful. to let us know how you would like to participate uh, in the tour. Um, and yeah, other than that, then you can give us, you can email us. And also our website does have a contact form if you forget the email address. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And we also plan to stay connected with the community that has signed up for inquiries and has attended the webinar. One of the things that we're going to be doing in, during Black Maternal um, Health Week is launching a book club Yes, so that um, we can stay connected yes, and continue learning. That's amazing. You guys, yeah, this has been such an amazing time and I'm so grateful that you would take time out of your busy days and busy lives to come and speak with me. Um, this work is definitely long overdue, but I'm so grateful to be connected to all of the women who are, are laying the foundation now. And, you know, we have nothing but a bright future ahead of us. We really do. Absolutely. May the marathon continue. Yes. I like that. May the marathon continue. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Vanessa Simmons, and I'm your host of the Normalized Breastfeeding Podcast. We're looking forward to hearing your story and featuring you on this platform. Send us a message if you'd like to be featured or email me directly at Vanessa at normalizedbreastfeeding.org.